Hi, I'm Chris. And I'm Matt. Welcome to Roleplay Chat. We are two game masters who can't stop talking about role-playing games. And today we talk about GM well-being. And as always, er, I mean, we would try, we're going to try to focus on roleplay. I don't know if we're going to get there on this one, but we'll see. Yeah, this is a topic that might be a little bit less about how to get better at role-playing in the game and more just how to deal with life, I guess. <laughs> but first, let's talk about life. What else, uh, what else is new, Matt? Yeah, I mean, I'm good. I, I haven't been doing a whole bunch of, of role-playing, but I have been reading some role-playing rules. I actually, I, uh, a little while back, uh, probably a year ago now, my parents bought me Vampire the Masquerade, the, the rules for Vampire the Masquerade. I think the second edition or the whatever the whatever the modern edition is of that game and uh, yeah i've been kind of like leafing through the different vampire types that are in there the different uh, what do they call them the families of vampires i guess yeah, it's yeah. uh trying to get myself in the spooky scary halloween mood uh, by reading some of that nice and uh maybe now we're talking about it uh, next week our plan i mean we never do promises here but our plan next week is to do an episode about thematic game, especially Halloween-themed game. So stay tuned for that. But uh, yeah, for me, life right now is kind of uh, um, not eclectic, but it's uh, it's a lot. Let's put it that way. Because my, my wife is soon to be 37 week pregnant. Uh, still have a lot of things to manage. I am uh, I, I'm teaching with... Um, more, uh, I, I, I'm in the, how do we say, like, um, overtime? I mean, overtime, I have more classes than the full-time, basically. So okay, okay. dealing with a lot of things, and I actually do a lot of role-playing between all of this. We had three weeks in a row uh, with your group, Matt, and then I also have my Ubus Ride campaign with my brother. Uh, so it's a lot about like dealing with uh, free, <laughs> trying to find free time to, to to prep, and this is actually very well connected to today's episode of GM well-being and how do we manage and juggle the GM life with the real life. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, maybe we can dive then right into the into the content of of this week's episode. Uh, which, like you said, Chris, is GM well-being. I know for those of you listening, that might be kind of kind of ambiguous, kind of vague. Um, but basically, the, the the idea today is for us to just talk about things in our experience that has helped us as game masters manage the balance, like Chris is saying, between personal life, work life, uh, family life, and and prep for games and and playing games with our friends as game masters, and also just kind of. You know, making sure that we do that tune-up to ourselves mentally when we're playing so that this hobby of ours doesn't start to make us feel bad or feel, you know, stressed. Um, because sometimes that happens to even to the best of us. Yeah, and we should preface this by saying that we are in no shape or form expert. This is more about us sharing with each other. And if you're... You, you like to listen, then that's perfect, and we love to have you here. But we're no no specialists. We're just gonna talk. And it was actually Matt who came up with this subject. Uh, but we've been talking about it on and off. Um, but uh, yeah, and this is probably even less prepared than usually. Usually we have some speaking points. Today is a very free form kind of. Let's talk about this. It's on our mind, so it's. We hope it's going to be useful, but this is um, mostly for, for us. And uh, we hope there's some information to, to get. Or at, at, at least some, like, like, you know, like not feeling alone sometimes is a lot. <laughs> you know, like mm -hmm. noticing that other people go through the same things. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, so I, I guess I'll, I'll start by, by talking to you, Chris. Like, very, very vaguely, I suppose we'll start with very vaguely, but you know, when you play games, when you prepare games or when you get ready for a game, is, is there ever any moments of anxiety or stress related to playing role-playing games for you? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, 
I th I think because I'm trying to do like to have a great experience for my players. So for me, it's for me being a game master is like a gift that I try to give to my players. And my fear, which is often like um, not real, like like not founded, is that I'm gonna ask my my friends to come at my place, spend a whole evening that they have in their busy life, and then not deliver on a fun evening. So this is like my this is the cause of stress and anxiety. I want it to be perfect, you know? Mm -hmm. What about you? What, what causes or do you have any kind of uh, anxiety or stress? Yeah, I mean, yeah, there's, there's definitely the butterflies that start before a game. For me, that's big. Um, th there's often also, uh, it also gets accompanied by a lot of frustration if things, not a lot, a lot of frustration, but I, I for me, the thing that negatively impacts my gaming the most is actually usually after I get this like frustration of like, ah, oh, that didn't go well. It didn't go like I had this grand plan or I had these expectations that my players were going to maybe do something one way. And I just, it, I feel like it falls flat. Mm. And, and to me, it's like, that doesn't live up to what I thought ha was going to happen. So I, I feel like, oh, it was not fun for them. I, and maybe it boils a little bit down to what you were saying, Chris, about like, oh, I wasted their time. There's so many other things that compete for our attention, right? Movies, video games, board games. There's all these things in our hobby that we could be doing, but we're, we're playing this instead. Yeah, for me, my 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 kind of reference point is like if we would have had more fun playing a board game, like a pre-package, we bought a board game and we just play a board game together, then I feel like I failed because it's like I've spent so much time prepping. If it's not going to be worth more than playing Settlers of Catan, then uh, what's the point, right? I mean, it's a different hobby, but uh, the amount of, and I think it's true for you too, Matt, like the amount of energy we put in this is, uh, the intent is to get an experience that is different or at least some higher to a certain degree than, than playing a board game that would need be prepackaged. But if I play it, like if I would spend like an hour or two prepping, probably I wouldn't mind. But the thing is, and I think it's, I know it's true for you too, but like, we spend a lot more time than this. So mm -hmm. it's kind of like putting pressure, I think, on top, on us. The more you prep, I think the more pressure you end up having on you. I think at least that's what I feel. And it's not, it doesn't mean you should prep less. It just means you have to take that into account. Yeah, I mean, prep time and preparation certainly has a factor in all of this. But it's it's kind of like this visceral circle, right? You want to have fun, so you need like you feel the need to prep, or at least I feel the need. Like I want to have fun with my friends, and I don't want to feel that disappointment if it doesn't turn out like a fun night. So I prep, and then uh, the the prep, like you're saying, maybe builds up this expectation. So like it, it's this doubled edged sword that just kind of keeps feeding into each other. And for those of you listening. I know we like I know we sound extremely negative. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, there's the other side to this coin. You're having a fun night with your friends, you're playing games, you're drinking beer, you're having you're having snacks, you're you know, you're 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 laughing and all that. I guess we should have also preface this conversation by saying, yes, we know that that happens and we should stop being so hard on ourselves. But <laughs> that's the whole point of today's conversation is really to talk about those things that we do to be hard on ourselves and to, to try to let it out. So that for those of you listening, if you're maybe living the same experiences, you can you can relate to it and maybe get something out of it. Um, yeah, I think the goal today is not to like just talk about everything that bothers us and cause anxiety and stress. I think it we we need to first start by saying it exists. It affects yeah. us. For me, like you said, for you, it's after like the frustration after. For me, it's a lot before, and actually, I end up more than nine times out of ten so very often feeling relieved after a game actually like sometimes for me like the tension builds up the more like the closest i get to a game 
and then it's really, really high just before starting. And then it's kind of like a performance, right? And then when I start, it's fine, except for like maybe specific situation. Like I, I, I feel like I'm going into it and it's, and it's good. And at the end of the game, I'm usually relieved of like, oh, yes, it went well. It went better than I expected. Or, oh, it, I, I actually managed to do the thing I wanted to do. Um, obviously, when it is the case, but more mm -hmm. often than not, it is. So right now, for me, um, playing enough times taught me that the feeling I have at the beginning is not real. It's just like me having having um being scared of failing and i i'm progressively getting better at not listening to that voice and getting better at just letting go and just be like you know what they're here they're having fun and i think this comes from me feeling now that i've proven myself as a game master that even though there might be a game that is not as fun as the other ones all things even like if i would like do an average of all my games my players are like they want to be there yeah yeah and and i mean I, i've already told you this before but for those of you listening if you're maybe feeling the same thing if, if your players are there it's it's because they want to be there right like <laughs> yeah. people people wouldn't continuously show up to something if they weren't having fun if they if they weren't um getting something out of it now I, I suppose part of the part of the anxiety might stem from you know are they getting what they what what you expected them to be getting mm -hmm. out of it or, or what you are are they getting what you're trying to deliver to them um yeah. sometimes that can that can be a little bit of a stressor for me um you, you know like okay i focused a lot on on this particular scene this role play scene, or I focused a lot about, um, you, you know, about this particular combat and this puzzle. I really hope that they they react to it and, and enjoy it as much as I had hoped they would, um, or things like this. Um, but then they end up having fun with the game in a weird, unexpected way. It can still be kind of disappointing, which is weird for me to mm -hmm. say. But it's like, yeah. oh, but but you didn't get it the way I thought you would get it. Or <laughs> it's so stupid. But yeah, sometimes I feel that way. Um, yeah, I remember especially at the beginning of the Rising Tide campaign, in which you're the game master and I'm the player. Uh, I remember an evening where we we had a blast, and it was it was kind of a like I don't want to say that we were disruptive, but we were clearly not. I don't know. You we were the kind of players that were having fun saying jokes, being silly with the game, where you had prepared a, I don't want to say a serious game, but like a game that had, you know, like complex plot and like advancement of character and stuff like that. So it wasn't, the goal of the game was not to be silly. And then you seemed disappointed with the game where I think there was a disconnect between what the player was like, well, it was a great game. We had lots of fun. But Sometimes you want more than just... And, and, and there's a lot of people who says that on the internet. Uh, Matt Colville says that all the time. If your players are having fun, you're doing it right. I don't know if I agree with that, actually. Like, it depends on what you want, you know? Like, if you want a serious game where everybody is Batman and we're all dark, blah, 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 and, and there, it, like, it shouldn't be fun. Like, let's say you play a Dread game. Like, if you play Dread and everybody's laughing all the time, well, maybe that's not what the feeling you're trying to to to, to convey and to, to to create in your players. So does that mean you succeeded? I mean, it depends on your intent, right? So if you come with the intent of the goal is just to have fun, it's probably going to be easier. Yeah, and, and I mean, having fun, I think, well, you said, I, and I agree with you, the goal isn't just for the other players to have fun. The goal is for all players game master included to have fun i think that's at least that's where i agree with with that sentiment everybody mm -hmm. should be having fun and if if the players like you're saying chris are, are going one way but the game master has a different expectation sometimes that can that can create that that frustration or that stress or the anxiety or, or what have you um so I, I think that that 
go, goes over, you know, our experiences dealing with, with anxiety and stress pretty well. Um, unless Chris, you had a couple of other things that you want to talk about here specifically about your experiences with this. Um, I mean, maybe we can talk about, I guess, the elephant in the room. Some, sometimes this frustration, I mean, you kind of touched on it, but like for me, your situation, and maybe it's because I'm a player, so I don't, I, I see it differently, but like your situation of like, oh, they didn't get what I wanted feels more like a miscommunication where sometimes for me, one of the big cause of frustration, and I, and I, and I put frustration in well-being because I think... I'm thinking it's part of it. Like we're talking about anxiety, stress, but also like just for me, well-being is more like, are you getting a positive experience out of everything that's going on? And for me, something that frustrates me is often the disconnect between um, how involved or how engaged my players are. And I don't have that problem anymore, which I'm so grateful for. I'm at the point right now where my players are the one doing more of the planning and thank you Matt for that. But like like people are are easily um attracted to the game or are easily brought in the the world of the game. But at first for me it was very unsettling and frustrating when I was going to put like hours and hours and then someone would come and be like what's my character's name again? You know, that's why I'm like really like mm -hmm. you can't do like that little thing, so so I think that's another aspect of like I think the player also has a responsibility. So yeah, there's something but I, there. I'll I'll go back on something you said, Chris. I I don't think that my anxiety stems from a simple communication. No, uh, no, it's 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 not just me or the players not communicating their intentions or their expectations of the game because i think even when there's an alignment of those expectations uh and and even if you know it's a serious game and we're all playing seriously i still get frustration or anxiety out of a situation that i've created and the players maybe don't don't uh explore it to its fullest or mm. solve the riddle and and get that aha moment like to me maybe they fumble upon a they, they fumble upon a solution that works and i'm like oh yeah that works but it it doesn't have the same payoff and it yeah it, that's where the that's where like i i come back and i start beating myself up over it is because they you know we're also on the same page we also had a very serious night or we also had a very a very funny night but they they manage to you know what i'll use an example um and it might spoil some things for people but i don't think we're ever going to do campaign diaries for <laughs> anymore anyway but if we do sorry um but uh i i made a i made a puzzle that i thought was super ingenious that i used um i used the friction pen ink to to write a secret message and that secret message was gonna dissolve or like disappear, and you'd see the the hidden message beneath it by putting the page over a candle, and the heat from the candle basically allowed the players to see the hidden message because all of the friction pen ink would disappear, and below it or underneath it was the actual message. And the night before you guys solved that puzzle, I remember you and my wife had you, you know you, you found the letter and you were like oh i think we can like we can figure this out by looking at it because so, in some places the ink is a different like a slightly different shade of gray and mm -hmm. i that night i was so frustrated with myself because i thought that you guys were going to then spend like 3 hours the next game just like brute forcing this puzzle and, yeah, yeah. Okay. And had you guys done that, I would have been, been like, shitty. it would have been so bad. Like, I would have felt terrible for for not noticing that there was that potential solution. Because to me, I'm like, this is like kind of flawless. But there was like, if you put it under a certain light and you like refracted it a certain way, you could kind of yeah. see the different well, shades like, of color. 
Like you uh, said, this would have taken like three hours. I was not gonna do that. That's for sure. I know, but I like you know. Yeah. In the moment, we ended the yeah, game, and I was like, "Oh my god, I really hope they don't do that." And obviously, I couldn't. I couldn't say anything because then it would solve the puzzle for you. So mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, <laughs> it, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was. It was like uh, that caused a lot of stress for me. Which is silly to think like it's a fun puzzle. It shouldn't. It shouldn't do that. And and, and there was yeah. the big payoff, right? That the game after there was the reveal where we're like, oh my god, this is so cool, and like we had that big moment. But I understand what you're saying is like between the games, you were kind of stressing out about not having that reveal when you put the time in. And the... Yeah, yeah. Like I kind of my brain went to the worst case scenario. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, uh, no, no, I, yeah, that's a good example, actually. And it's a good example because as a player, something else was happening in my mind during that time where it's like, I think your wife is especially good at, like, trying to find workarounds. Where for <laughs> me, I'm more like, this is clearly designed in a way that I don't understand yet. And just looking at the thing, like, I wanted to look at the thing just to see if I could just you know get a word or two just to be like oh this is about this and we'll figure out later what the actual message is because it was a decently long letter Mm -hmm. uh so once we have the for me it was like coded or something and we were gonna have like another sheet or i didn't remember i don't remember exactly but it was there's clearly a design there that is there's another solution to it you know where your wife was like i can do this you know and when i was looking at it i did it very fast and half my words were wrong your your wife was more patient at getting this together. <laughs> but like, yeah, even yeah. Then. it, it kind of boils down to like sometimes players will, like what we talked about last time with your brother, right? Like sometimes players will do something that is the like will will result in like a net positive outcome, but it mm-hmm. it might not be fun. <laughs> but they'll do yeah, it yeah. anyway. Um, I, I'm not sure we talked about this. In the podcast, I think I like shared that with you, like outside of the podcast. But just maybe to to just quickly say, because it's another goal example of that. Like I I had a cool, well, I what I believe to be a cool encounter design, but the way the players tackled it, it ended up finish. It ended up being a like three hour fight that was basically in a eight by ten rectangle with not much to interact with, which which for me is not a good combat encounter but my i talked to my players they had lots of fun everybody was happy my brother was like why are you so hard on yourself you analyze your work too like your your games too much but then that's what we have a podcast right <laughs> yeah it's exactly like, exactly so so for me it's like that's part of the fun but also when it's about something that went wrong it's the it's like kind of like turning the knife you know, where you're like, ah, oh, you're beating yourself up. So I think, like, I think we talked about a lot about our own experience, but I think this is the first thing that I'm, I'm learning to do is trying to move on and not like, it's fine. I, I like going back to the game and like seeing what works, seeing the, what doesn't work, just to improve. But it doesn't mean that I'm a bad game master, even though that, even though I learned something, you know. Yeah, for sure. And I think we're going to be learning forever. Like this hobby is is so vast and each playstyle brings something different. Each game master style brings something different. Every setting, every you know, every set of rules brings something different. So I think for us to try to be perfect is impossible. So yeah, what you're saying makes a lot of sense, Chris. Um yeah, it's a good it's a good thing to try not to hold ourselves to this kind of standard um, and to just kind mm-hmm. of roll with it. And I, and I wonder if maybe um, that leads us into talking about strategies that we've employed to, to help minimize, you know, these, these negative effects on our well-being. Um, do you want to transition into that or did you want to talk a little bit? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, that's, that's actually kind of the first thing I wanted to to say that for me, one of the biggest thing, and it it's good in all aspects of life, especially with what's going on right now in the world. Uh, at work, we have, we have that saying, and we say, it's basically do like, uh, 
like uh, what's her name? I don't know. The girl from Frozen, and just let it go. You know, it's <laughs> sometimes you have to know what you can actually have an effect on. What you can. There's a saying also like have the wisdom to to know the difference between. You probably know that saying. Do you? It's I, like I, have sure. the courage to change what you can change. Uh, let let go of what you can't, and have the wisdom of knowing what's the difference. That's not a real saying, but like it's close to that. And it's yeah, yeah. <laughs> like knowing when to be like, you know what, I did that. It's fine. Let's just move on, and I'll 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 try to get better, or like I'll try to not create that situation again where it was not optimal for like fun. But at one point, you have to let go. And I think for you, I remember your first game of Rising, uh, your second game. The first game went really well. The second game, you had in mind like a certain like speed at which we were going to go through the game. And then there was really a big shift after that game. So maybe I'm curious to hear you talking maybe about that or unless you want to talk about something else. But Yeah, I, I can certainly talk about that. And, and I think that that really taught me uh, a, one pretty important lesson, which was to manage my expectations for where the game was going to go. Obviously, I know that. Like, on paper, I know that a game master should never have expectations for where the players are going to take things because they're as involved in in the storytelling as you know and the game itself. So the direction that the game takes, you can influence it and you can push it in a certain way, but you, you never want to remove the agency of the players. But in that particular game, like you said, Chris, especially after the first game, the first game was it felt like probably the best first game in a campaign I had ever run. It was it was so smooth. It hit hit all the boxes. It started off with tension. It it introduced you guys to a location. It had, you know, most of the pillars of of role play. I don't think there was combat, um, but I still think it, it worked well. It had, you know, skill tests and exploration and role play and good exposition, like a good amount of exposition. But the second game I kicked it off thinking, okay, in today's game, we're going to start in this place and we're going to end in this other place. And I made it my mission to try to get us to that cliffhanger. Uh, and we didn't. And we didn't mm -hmm. for a number of reasons. I think maybe combat went long uh, and, and maybe you guys had a couple of interactions that I obviously I hadn't planned for, but I, you know, I wanted you guys to have them and have, have fun with it. And it just, it felt so deflating to me. Like, I just felt like I had failed you guys because I didn't give you guys the same rhythm of a game as we had in the first game. Uh, and I remember, you know, after that, really telling myself, do you know what? You can't, as much as pacing of a game is important, you can't just dictate it and like have this expectation that it's going to happen. You can strive for it, but don't force it. Um, and part of that disappointment actually was, I felt like I was still forcing it, but we didn't make it. <laughs> so like, not only yeah. was I forcing yeah. something on you guys, we didn't even get to the, like the payoff. Um, so that's why it felt so deflating. But the, the lesson here, I guess it's a long winded way for me to say the lesson I learned out of that was really to manage my own expectations for the pace of the game and even just the game itself going into a game with a direction that you might like is good because it helps you're the game master you're supposed to direct the game but don't uh hold that to this like golden standard and anything that isn't that is a failure because that's not true um but if you go into it with that mindset then you're kind of setting yourself up for for uh, for some anxiety and stress after yeah for sure i remember i remember you i remember myself think like thinking to myself that your attitude between game one and game two changed a lot in the second half of game two where you kind of realized oh my god we're not going to get there and it was more like push 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 and try to like move forward move forward move forward and then it felt a little bit rushed and then at the end you're like oh i'm not even where i wanted it to be and then you were so frustrated with nothing in particular, just with the situation, I think. And then we talked about it. And I remember you coming to the game after really chill 
really like let's see what's gonna happen i have an idea but where we're gonna end up but i don't know and it really created um i think it it changed the campaign uh the, the feeling of playing in your game you know I, I think it would have been a very different game if you had like stayed with that like let's push it forward because i want to be done with this campaign in 10 games which is kind of ridiculous now that we're at this point <laughs> but um but yeah and and i think this is kind of a pitfall for a lot of a lot of game master i think there's a Again, a lot of people saying on the internet, like, oh, if combat is too long, just skip the end. Or if this is too long, cut it. And because you need to get to the point where you like cut the things you don't need to to reach the point where you want to be. I don't like doing that. Maybe I'm in the minority, but my games are also kind of slow, to be fair. Uh, but I don't like cutting things. I like to go really deep and have all the the the, the conversation. I want to hear. I want to see all the villains. I want. I. I, I think should be there. Um, but I think and, it's okay to. I think it's okay to cut things. But oh, yeah. I think my, my position is more. Um, don't cut things because you, because you have an expectation that yeah. it's going to get you somewhere. Because if you don't get there, then what does that do to your mental? Like you as a game master, what does that do to your mental state? Um, mm -hmm. Right. That that was kind of my. No, you're right. Yeah, yeah. my I, revelation. I, yeah, for me, it's like yeah. Sorry, thank you for nuancing what I just said. I'm not saying don't cut anything. I'm saying don't cut anything that you were excited about doing. You know, like mm -hmm, if you're like, mm -hmm. oh, I really wanted them to encounter this NPC and it's important for the rest, but I don't have time. Let's skip it. That's when it's detrimental and and again, also to your he mental health of like always stressing with do I have time? Do I have time? Do I have time? Yeah. Anyway, yeah. I think I think we're. I think that's and you touched on something that was also really good for me in that particular moment, and I think uh, you know we've learned a lot from from these is the end of game debriefs, so that talking about it, talking oh, yeah. about it to your players goes a long way. Yeah, I think this is probably one of the best upkeep, probably more for the game master than the player uh, because. Something also to keep in mind is like the game master is often playing like the villains and the enemies. So like often, they, like let's say the you have four players and they're fighting, uh, I don't know, like three orcs and four goblins, and during the whole fight, they will kill the goblins. And some players might even be like, "Ha ha!" in your face to the game master because he's the opposition, and. Obviously, you have to be okay with being the opposition, but you're one against many. You know, they might be high fiving, they might be, but you're creating that moment. You have to remember that. But sometimes it feels kind of alone to be like, well, nobody's cheering for me when I do something um, amazing. Like I managed to do something great with my NPCs, or, or to create the moment I wanted to create. So you kind of it it fuels your juices, like it. It gives you energy in a different way. So you have to like shift that mindset of like, I'm not. When they say like, haha, in your face, or like, oh, I've killed it, like, or, or they counterspell your spell and, and you're getting frustrated, you have to like take that emotion and shift it to, oh, that means they're having fun. So even though they're against me right now, it means they, they are in it with, it, with me, you know? Mm -hmm. That's I don't a know, really have good you ever felt that? Um, I I think the feeling that I felt that comes the closest to that because I don't I don't think I have, um, but the feeling I felt that comes the closest to that is when a player and, and I and obviously they, they never do it maliciously, but they like they, they question something. Like oh, maybe yeah. maybe maybe it's like they they question a description of something like really like I don't think that would be I don't think that would be like that it's like well it is so mm -hmm. <laughs> or or like maybe they have an expertise in 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 something that I don't have an expertise in so when I when I come to make an environment or make a combat or whatever they they say something like for instance. Uh, it was just a passing comment that my wife said, but 
there was this time where you guys like had this really big cannon that you were firing and she said something like well it doesn't make sense that there's so few cannonballs and i was like yeah you're right but like i don't want you guys to be able to shoot down every single boat either (laughs) 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 but i couldn't say that so like it's just like there's there's that there's still that tone of opposition um Mm. And obviously, you shouldn't be taking it personally, but but in the heat of the moment, sometimes it's it's hard not to. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's a balance there. I mean, I mean, it means that they're paying it that they are paying attention. It, but also, if they do that all the time, either you maybe you're not paying as much as attention on the details as they want you to, which can be talked after in the debrief, like we said. Mm-hmm. Or, or maybe they're just being annoying, and also, I, th- I think we're going back to the thing like you need to talk to your to your players. I personally have a player that's added to your game, uh, the, the game with my with my friends, um, and it's uh, he's a military guy. He he was in the military for years, so he has knowledge that I don't, and he has a base of thinking that is different from mine. You know, when he's like, well, obviously they would they would know that fighting in that formation is not as good as this other formation. Well, I'm the one who says, well, no, they don't know that. But for him, it's kind of like a given. Mm-hmm. So sometimes, like you said, it gets frustrating to be, and I've talked to that guy and it's it's fine. Like it's not, I'm, I'm not really frustrated about it, but like in the moment, sometimes it's like, well, don't question my NPCs. I know my NPCs just take care of your your guy i think it comes it comes to like what you said i think talking about it is i mean it's always setting expectation talking about it to make sure expectation on the same level of like when you have a question like that maybe phrase it differently because we all have our pet peeve you know like for me is if someone question my intelligence in the game i don't mind questioning my npc's intelligence <laughs> but like you know, if, if they find a plot hole or something like that, then they're like, you didn't think about that, haha. And I actually had, that's when I get like, come on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Um, so yeah, if, if you guys listening think you might want to do something like this end of game debrief, that we had an episode on it a while back. Um, and I'd love to hear from you if you have tried to do it with your table. And if you haven't, I encourage you to do it. Maybe go back and, and listen to the episode. It's episode 21 from season one and it's entitled the end of game debrief um but it's a great tool for exactly you know for dealing with some of these things that we're talking about today but also just in general to to, you know look for areas for improvement and to set expectations and stuff like that um it's also a really good tool to find components of your game that you can improve on uh or, or things you can challenge yourself on and that's also one of my strategies when it comes to trying to, to you know, combat these, these fears or pressures that I feel as a game master. And it's to go into each game with something that I'm trying to work on. Or maybe not each game, but you know, a series of games with like an objective and say, you know what? My objective in this game is to create a subsystem that's gonna make, uh, to make that's gonna make travel engaging but not too time consuming and still generate role play so i i think about that in between games that's that that becomes one of my priorities and then when we play the game if by the end of the game it worked the way i had hoped it would work and people had fun with it then i can kind of check that box and then think of the next thing that i'm going to try to improve on instead of you know having this big to-do list and trying to tackle them all at once, I find it easier for me to, to tackle one thing at a time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think experimentation is very important. I do that too where, and, and what I do, and I th- you do that too when you, you put something new like this, I tell my players, like, I'm trying something new and like, I'll be open to feedback at the end of the game and the debrief, but during the game, let's go with it. Let's see what works, what what doesn't work. And that's maybe another thing to say, like, if the players have comments or, like, ways to improve, I think for me it detracts my game when... And maybe it's just because I, like, 
I'm designing my, like I'm using my own design and you're kind of doing that too, Matt, where you like create your own mechanics kind of, like the example you just gave. Mm -hmm. um, sometimes when you say like, I'm trying something new, people like you're in the middle of the game and they might start giving you advice. And yeah, I think or that's... like their interpretation, like, oh, well, have you done this? Have you considered that? And it's like, mm. we, which I'd comes from a good place. Yeah. But yeah, maybe keep it to the debrief because then it, then I think that rises my anxiety when I'm like, oh, they're doubting my, and again, that comes from maybe doing it multiple times. Right now, when I bring a new mechanic to the game, most of my players are like, yeah, let's try it and then we'll reassess after. Where at the beginning, people were really afraid about, any kind of modification I brought to the game. Um, so again, it comes with comes with time. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I mean, we we talked a little bit about a preparation, Chris, at the beginning of the show. Um, maybe we could talk a little bit about that because I, I know that obviously preparation is part of a game master's job to a certain degree um, and can also be a cause for anxiety for some folks. Um, do you in particular, do, do you feel anxiety about preparation, about, about managing your time for game prep? I do. I do. Like I usually have before a game, like a list of all the things I want to get done before the game. Mm -hmm. It might be like print that mini because I'm using a mix, but like I often have like minis on like cardboard so like print that and then you need to make sure you have the stat blocks for that person and create like a description for that location and so i have a list in priority and i never get all all of it done like i think maybe once or twice i've actually got everything done and at first this was making me panic i was making i was like oh my god i'm not prepared i don't have everything prepared but i've learned to just be like prep as much as you can and then let go and you'll fill mm -hmm. in the blanks during the game. For me, again, coming back to let go, like you let go after the game, but even let go during the game of like, I would have liked to have the stat block. I don't, let's just improv it. They don't really know that I've done that and it doesn't matter. I'll keep notes and make sure I'm consistent, but that's all. Yeah, yeah. What about you? Um, your prep mental health? Yeah, prep. I the 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 weird thing, and I, I know it's the same for you, Chris. But the weird thing is that I actually used to really like prep. Mm -hmm. um, I I found it was like this me time where I could like sit down and my thoughts and like come up with cool stuff. Um, but I find myself with less and less time to myself. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you'll find out. You'll find out soon when you become a dad. Um, yeah, there's just, there's just so much less of it, uh, and I for those of you listening that have multiple children or who have multiple jobs or who, who have all kinds of other circumstances, you're probably laughing at us, like just listening to what we're saying. But um, you know, for, for my reality, I found I have found myself with a lot less time, um, so I started to have to kind of cut corners or let go of things that I used to that I used to care a lot about. I mean, I ha thankfully, I haven't really been game mastering too, too much lately. But basically, since COVID hit, I, I haven't had an in-person game. Um, and I don't, and I haven't, I haven't really run, I haven't really run anything online either. I've had some like improv games with you guys, but that's different. Um, but basically, one of the strategies that I employed back then and that I, I found really worked well was basically telling myself there was kind of two strategies but the one that i i feel like the worked the best was i would tell myself between games what's the one thing that if i don't do this i can't run the game mm -hmm. you know like maybe it was like like prepping the stats for the boss for that the so that the boss encounter that the, the big encounter would really be something that stood out uh, and my headset's dying, so I'm just gonna <laughs> I'm just gonna plug <laughs> it back in. Um, sorry, guys. 
Yeah, no, but I'll, I'll take it here. I, I think, I think, yeah, in my list, that's why I said like in my list of priorities, there might be a line there of like, if I don't get to that point, I'm not going to have fun running the game. Mm -hmm. So I, I think maybe I'll just put a parenthesis here of like, for me, I think one of the things that helps me is thinking that the fact that it's for fun, this game is optional. If like I'm panicking before the game because I haven't managed my prep, I'm just, I, it's okay to just not play, you know, and skip a game once in a while. And more often than not, this, this is just to convince me that I shouldn't stress about it because I don't think I've ever canceled a game for that reason. Like even this yeah. Saturday, I'm supposed to play with my brother. I have a crazy week. So I told him, I think there's an 85% chance that I can, but I might cancel if I don't feel like I have time to prep enough. Because I like prep. I like being prepped. I don't like to play in the dark. So I like to have a cool moment or two. But this just gives me the feeling that I'll need to stress about it. But I don't think I'll cancel. I just like to have that door open. Yeah, exactly. That's have have the have the back door that you can run out run out to. And 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 I think for me what really helped was yeah, picking that thing, saying, okay, this is the thing that I need to prepare and and get that done. And usually it wasn't something that would take me an hour to do at most. But knowing that I had that done allowed me to like be less nervous about it. And then I probably would still end up pumping in, you know, a couple more hours throughout the week, wait, like in preparation. But all of that was optional. All of it was, you know, was just going to enhance the game in a, like a complementary way, if that makes sense. It was just, just going to mm -hmm. complement the game, but it, it, it wasn't needed and I could still run the game and, and I, I, it made me feel good about it. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, for me, yeah. that's that's where description, like we talked about prepared text, uh, I think two weeks ago. For me, that's prepared text is the thing that I do when I have time. So that's why like the games we came after the long hiatus because of COVID, like we started playing again. Like I had a lot of description prep, you know, I, <laughs> I, cause, cause I had time to, to, to prep them, but this is the first thing that I remove when I don't have time, but this is very good for my theming it helps with my pacing it's 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 the thing i i love to be at but sometimes there's other thing i need to prep to get to that point but yeah it's uh, it's a sprinkle on top something like i guess tangentially related to role playing games that actually causes me some anxiety in a way is crafting um mm -hmm. because oh, yeah. if you start a project for me, that drives me crazy when I start yeah, a project, yeah. but I don't feel like I'm going to have time to finish it by the time that you guys are going to like encounter it in the game. Mm -hmm. um, and this is why this, this, this COVID uh, hiatus for me is a blessing because I can take all the time I want to, to, to make my, my crafts. But uh yeah it was I, I remember when we were starting the game i wanted to make like these 3d island map things that you guys would be able to like navigate through and i had this grandiose plan to to make them all and like put like flocking on them and paint them all super nice and i didn't get there and it was actually a really big like it made me feel like i had failed that we had started the game without them being completed now in retrospect I don't care, and I haven't gone back to finish them <laughs> <laughs> because I realized how like frivolous it was for me to worry about that, like how silly it was for me. But but like you know, the buildup was so real. Um, yeah, sometimes you just worry about the like stupidest things, right? And not you, yeah, you like yeah. like you as a game master. Like I, yeah, no, I totally get that. I, I think there was an encounter on top of the mountain that I that I kind of foresee coming. And I remember being like, I won't have the time to prep for the, 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 the crafting for that. And I think my wife came to me and was like, well, you seem excited about that. And I'm like, yeah, but I won't have time. And she's like, what if I help you? And then we spent like a week and a half of like, like she would help me with like Mod Podge base coding and like, and I'm, it was great. Uh, and then, I mean, I used it for, I don't know if you remember, but the bridge encounter. So like pretty fast after, but the, the thing I actually created it for it happened like, 
a year and a half after or something. <laughs> Maybe not a year and a half, but like, you know, let's say six months at least. Yeah, um, yeah. And so sometimes you stress about it and sometimes it can actually prevent you from starting a project, I think. And I think this relates, if we go back to role-playing game, I think this goes back to like uh, game master who prep, prep campaign, prep campaign, prep campaign, and they never end up doing it. Mm-hmm. I actually prepped the campaign Matt is playing in for years, I've run some of it with some other friends, and I had that big project in mind, but I wouldn't like it was never done. You know, you're never done with it. You're never done with prep. So, so what I would say is, at one point, you have to just do it, and that's why I really love plan game. You know, like we have, we, we used to have a schedule where we would play every two weeks, and it's kind of fixed. And if I have time to prep like all the bells and whistle around it, then great. If I don't, I have to be okay. Just be like, I'll have the prep I have and we'll just go ahead with this and we'll move forward. And it's better to play three games that are prepped at 75% than play one game that is prepped at 100. For yeah, me, I'm no, at this... Or no games. Like, or no or games, no, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, right. or no games. So, so it's... Sometimes you have to just do it, like... Like Mike says, uh, and, and for me at the beginning it was really hard. It's like I needed to have everything done, so I would finish everything and then I would schedule a game. But that would create big gaps. So now I do the opposite, where I schedule games. And I've been playing like in thing in the last in, in, in the span of six weeks. I will have had run five of those, nice. and like I'm playing this Saturday. I'm not ready, but. I have a time prep. Like, basically, Saturday, I'll wake up and I'll prep. And that's not a lot of time for me. But because of everything that's going on, that's going to be the time for that game. And it's going to be good enough, but maybe not. Like, you know, you have to agree uh, to, 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 to be okay with not always having the same standard. Yeah, of exactly. Um... And you touched on something, but I, I feel like it's important for us to say here that might actually be an interesting strategy for some folks is having your game scheduled, which I feel like a lot of you already do. But if you are feeling the crunch because your games are scheduled maybe too close together, like if you're playing the weekly games with your friends and you're feeling the time crunch, why not propose having them bi-weekly? You, you know, I, I don't think anybody would, 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 would be upset with you for that. Um, you know, you can cut yourself a little bit of slack and and have them every two weeks. Uh, something too that I think works well for folks. I've I've personally never done it, but is is running the same game but like concurrently with different groups of people. I've heard that that actually generates a lot of really great ideas because if if you're okay with improvising a lot of your content you can kind of like try something on one group and then and then like refine it for the next group and vice versa and and maybe one group explores something so you 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 get an idea of what that that you know that that part of town is or that cave is but the other group goes somewhere else and then when they when they change places you already got that stuff already um so it's uh could be something worth exploring i don't know if it would cause more anxiety or not but it's uh something that i've heard people say on the internet is a interesting strategy i'm actually i've never done it but i'm actually gonna try to reuse something from a different campaign like a different group with the other group and i i'm gonna get back to you on that i i, I don't know if it's gonna i mean it definitely like reduce prep time to have maybe the same npcs or something like that in two different campaigns but yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've definitely recycled content. Don't get me wrong. I've recycled content. But, like, having two campaigns set in the same, mm. like, basically running the same game. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Um, maybe, uh, I mean, I think we're, we're running a little bit long now, but uh, I think maybe one thing I'd like to talk with you about is the role of the players and the GM well-being. I think we kind of touched on it a little bit, but I think the GM well-being, like you have to, if the game, if you're a game master, you have to make sure you don't burn out, so you don't play too often, and 
you have to make sure, like everything we said, that you manage expectation, that you don't put too much on yourself, that you learn to let go and all of this. But I think also asking for help from your players can be can be good. For me, I think sometimes, um, you know what? No, let me stop here. Let's go with you, Matt, first. So what what would you what would be something that you would want your players to do for your well-being in your game? Maybe that's a very broad question, but do you have something that comes to mind? Um, well, I think the thing that that I enjoy or get the most enjoyment out of is when the players uh, like show interest and engage with things. Maybe that's that's silly, but like when, when players like role play amongst each other and show interest in the game and show and and like. It's not constantly um, the string of like inside jokes. To me, that's that's the first step to 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 feeling good about the game and like feeling like they you know that they, they feel immersed in the in this environment that I've created for them. Um, maybe that's and and I say that as if it doesn't happen for the most part. You know, in the Rising Tide campaign, it happens, but. Sometimes it doesn't, and it's to nobody's that nobody's fault. Um, there's other games that I've run where it's the opposite, and that's not the case at all. And the, like, it's just a whole bunch of jokes, and everybody's having a laugh. But for my well-being, I think I like running games the most when it's it's this like immersive experience, and I want the players to feel that. And I suppose what I'm saying is, it, it's the most fun for me if they're also having fun doing that. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think I think this is the key, and I I will say basically the same thing, maybe in different words. But like for me, it's there's two things: it's their excitement. So if they come to the game and they're like, "Oh, I had a good, a big week," and blah blah, and they're just like, you know, down, I mean that's not their fault. But like if everybody comes here and they have like, in French we say "la minataire," like they have, you know. You know, sometimes how how you can be a little bit down. Uh, if everybody's like that, I will want to be like, you know what, guys, we're not in the mood. Let's do something else. Because I want my players to get there and be excited about it. And sometimes it's not easy because life. But more than being excited, maybe not more, but like parallel to being excited, I want them to engage with the content. So for me, when they take notes, when three games later they make a link with something that was there before, when they show that they want to learn more about the world, and it comes back to what you said, like being engaged, this is this is where I get the payback. And and I tell that to my players, and I've I've done that in all my games. Like the more you engage with this, the more I feel like I want to put effort in it, and the more I want to do better location, better crafting, better NPCs, the more energy I want to put in. You know, that's the ener- That's how I get energy back. You know, so. Yeah. Yeah, it's like a reward, right? Like, mm-hmm. I've I've built this thing for you. Come, come play in the sandbox, or come, come appreciate it. <laughs> I know that sounds like conceited. Um, no, I mean this is this is how. Like again, if I come back to what I said at the beginning, at least for me, and I think for you, this is kind of a form of a of a gift. I think at least, like when uh, I play in your game or when I play in someone else's game, it. I kind of, for me, maybe because I've run a lot of game balls, like I, I kind of see the work that was done behind it. You know, it's like when you get a present, and even if the present is not that great, if you see that the person put a lot of thought into it, it's going to add to the worth. Where if they just like buy some random things that that they don't really care and that you don't really care, but it's worth like more money, that's not really important, right? There's an intention behind it. So, so if I go to someone's game and I put, I see that they've put an effort to make an, to make a, a fun game. I that that's worth something for me as a player because it's worth a lot for me as a game master. Yeah, yeah, and and I, I, I think one thing that that should be said is that that that's our that's our sentiment right i i think there's definitely place for improv games there's definitely place for low prep games um but low prep game don't 
at, at least for me, low prep and improv games are not uh, stressful or taxing. And we're talking about gym well-being. Like, if I want to yeah, do an improv yeah. game, I'm just like, hey, guys, we'll do an improv game. Then I have almost no pressure on me. You know, like, it's that's not a problem. So for me, the GM well-being is when you're doing a long-term campaign with recurring NPCs and, and like, crazy, like, political plots and stuff like that. And then the worst thing that can happen is that they don't engage with it. I think for, not the worst thing, obviously, but like as like in the game master world, if you're doing this whole thing and they they just want to kill orcs, then problem of communication probably. But but yeah, this this is what drags me down, and I'm I'm a teacher. I've been saying that multiple times, but it's only you're 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 only as motivated as your your like less motivated player. If if I don't know if it makes sense, but mm -hmm. like. If you have five players and one is like on his on his phone, bored, doesn't know like the other character's name, that's the person I'm gonna see, even though the other four are having a blast, you know. So yeah. some maybe says something to keep in mind too. Um, and you, I know we're running long, but you said something about excitement. Uh, one thing that I think I really appreciate is when players ask about the game or ask to play. Mm -hmm. um and, and i like it feels good to be to be wanted you know to say like okay when's the next game like can we play like this that um to me that's that's really exciting and and it's also like an onerous process on a game master i feel to like organize games um yeah. so like i i i get it, it brings joy to me if a player were to do that that's why I did it for you, Chris. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. No, no, and I appreciate that. And I think, but but something I want to put to that, like, and a little asterisk to this, for me, because I kind of felt it with your game and with Alex's game, there's kind of, as a player, I don't know when is, when too much, when it's too much, you know? Like, like for instance, your game, you told us pretty blank, like, you know what, I'm, I don't feel like it's gonna, my type of game mastering in my type this campaign is going to work with roll 20 and we're not going to meet so this is not going to happen for me the door is shut to a point that i'm i'm not going to be like but matt let's play but matt let's play and then it might become taxing on you oh yeah and i'm not saying that because i'm fishing for you to ask me no, no um, i know but like <laughs> i should say that because for me it happened with the, the alex's game one of our one of our friend and he kind of pitched an idea of a campaign and let's 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 do the scheduled play and blah blah blah. And I was really into it. And then it was kind of like silent, like radio silent for for a while. And then I asked him once, like, I'm really excited about play whenever you want. And then he's like, okay, cool. And then another like radio silence for a while. And and at one point he's like, Oh, are you still in interested? I'm like, yeah, I've told you, I think I told him like two or three times. But I told at one point I was like, but I don't want it to be me pushing you, and then it causes you stress that it's like, oh well, they they keep asking me about that game, and I I I, I don't know if I want to run it, or I don't know, like I have other life stuff, and then I'm not, you know, like it's That's true. It's a good point. It's a it's a good distinction to make. Um, yeah. So maybe I'm not saying pester pester your game master, <laughs> but but it, it's certainly. I think it, it, it brings joy to a game master's heart for a player yeah. to say, you know, I had a lot of fun playing that game or, or that story idea that you told me really interests me. I can't wait to play. I, I, so, it, so for those of you listening who have a game master that, you know, you haven't played with in a while and you would like to play with, maybe all, the, all they need is a, a spark from, from you to, to say so. Yeah. So I encourage you to, to send them a text or a, a message or what have you. Yeah, that's a good point. Sometimes, like, I'm only, uh, I, I, I definitely, it definitely happened to me often where I'm like, I would, I could run right now, but my players are not, they, they don't seem into it. Or actually the opposite where I'm like, I don't, I wouldn't run right now, but if they're going to ask me for a game, I'm going to run a game. Like, because if they're into it, I'll, I'll definitely put work in. I'll, I'll find, I'll find time to, you know, to work that in. And and I think it comes back to player engagement, and and we actually have an episode on on like, 
player engagement that I'm trying to look to find the number right now. Uh, it's in season one. Anyway, I'll find it. Episode nine. Episode nine? Oh, man, you're yeah. bastard. I, I have it open already. <laughs> the benefits of being an engaging player. Yeah, exactly. Episode nine. And I think it's... it's uh, it's if you're if you're a game master and you kind of have that feeling of like I'd like them to be more engaged. I think this is a good episode for to send your players to to be like, here's the thing that's going to make your game more fun as a player and also my role as a game master more fun. Because if they come prepared, they come with a plan for the game. They come, they take notes, and they leave, and they're like, oh, here's what we're going to do next time. You're going to want to run, you know, and they're going to want to come back and play and. So I think that that covers a good amount of this. Obviously, uh, I think Chris and I could could sit here probably forever uh, venting to you guys listening. But I, but I hope you got more out of this than just that. I, I hope you guys uh, enjoyed listening to us talk about the things that cause us stress, anxiety, or frustration in being a game master. Obviously, we still love it to death. That's why we have a podcast about it. So, so don't get the wrong idea. But, uh, but we wanted you to know that if you're feeling these things, you're you're certainly not alone. Yeah, it's definitely the. It's it is almost the only drawback for me with this hobby is like the pressure of like delivering a performance and a, and a fun time. But the rest is all is all good. The rest is all amazing, actually. Um, yeah, so we talked about our anxieties, things that, that cause us stress. We we talked about a number of things that we do to deal with it. So, you know, things like taking a step back, talking about it in an end-of-game debrief, managing your own expectations, maybe prepping prepping your games a certain way, or giving yourself small objectives or lists of priorities. Um, we, we also talked about uh, how players can help their game masters uh, by helping them in a number of, of ways, like encouraging them, uh, talking to them and being engaged. Yeah, and something we might have glossed over is like, you know, we said like, oh, an improv game is not that stressful. And then we said about like, trust yourself, just go. I think uh, one, one tip that is important, if, if, if you have a lot of prep stress, try an improv game, Try try to go like, and you tell your players, "Let's well, today, no pressure. We're just going to improv things and and see where it brings us." And I think, like I, I've done that. It, it took me a while to do that for the first time, but then I found out that I'm better at improving than I thought I was. You know, like if you have everything prepped all the time, it's 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 harder if your frame is rigid than if you just let yourself the space to improv. And then you might find out that you're actually better than you think in that kind of alleviates stress for the following games, even if you have stuff prepped. Anyway. Yeah, for sure. Closing. So I guess with that, we're going to wrap up the show. So thanks for those of you who are listening. Um, and if you wanted to reach out to us to give us your thoughts or comments, you can do so by contacting us on Twitter. That's at role underscore play underscore chat. Or we have an email that's contact roleplaychat at gmail.com. Hope you guys out there are feeling a little less alone, staying safe, and uh, I'll talk to you next week, Chris. Thanks for the awesome chat, Matt.